Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Who's having a good Easter? Serious amount of chocolate, I hope. Sound like I committed some kind of heresy right there. I was having a discussion with Paul. Someone came to Paul and said to him, look, Easter isn't about chocolate. And he, and he said, I think you should come to our church. The pastor will have a word with you. I can assure you, when Jesus rose again, he redeemed chocolate. I'm telling you. He redeemed the whole world, and chocolate was part of it. We've got to celebrate that. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, so serious consumption of chocolate has to take place. There was a, a lot of chocolate eggs flying around our house early this morning. And uh, Easter used to be a celebration. When we, used to, when we were kids, we would sit on mum and dad's bed and uh, we, would, uh, we wouldn't have Easter eggs like you do today. We'd just have cream eggs and um, we, would, we would eat cream eggs on mum and dad's bed on a Sunday morning. And, uh, but uh, Easter in, in our house is probably the same as you. You've got to get up and out. To, uh, and uh, Heidi and Joe, uh, and we had Daniel, Hattie, Chaz over as well. And they were all um, uh, out the door at quarter to eight this morning. And so while they're running around, showering and getting ready, I'm running around the house with chocolate. Here's a chocolate egg. Here's a chocolate egg. <laughs> and uh, just trying to preserve some tradition in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Let me uh, read to you uh, a portion of Scripture from Acts 13. Acts 13, uh, 36 uh, reads this. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers, and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up saw no corruption. And this morning, I want to speak about the relentless life of Christ that has so much power and impact upon us. Why there is such an amazing celebration that goes on around the world. Um, We've got uh, uh, new neighbors um, that uh, are Roman Catholic and uh, they've been celebrating the Passion and have been, uh, they've just moved um, from the city center. Um, from a flat in the city centre to uh, the house next door to us. And uh, they've been driving in and out, in and out every day to uh, celebrate Mass. And um, it's actually been a joy just to be able to talk to people about the, the, the passion and the life, the, that which happened upon the cross and, and uh, that which Jesus Christ has done for us. And, and um, you know, around the world... Um, the church is celebrating Easter, but it's, a, it's an interesting fact. The fact is that written within our DNA is, is a need to find more life. That within us is this desire that there's a more, more life to have. There's more life to experience. And we're, we're constantly looking for life and the abundance of life, to have life and the abundance of it. We, we feel like that, that which we have, we know that there's more to be had, that it doesn't matter what you have now, you know that there, there's more. And so we look 
in a natural sense, we're constantly looking to experience life and the fullness of it and try and, and, try and find that life and, and, and make the most of, of what we have. And, you know, one of the, the things that uh, we were just saying, how quickly the year, I mean, we say it every year, don't we? How quickly the year's going by. It's like, it's April. And what happened to February and March? <laughs> I remember having a conversation with Boaz at the, uh, about three weeks into January. And he said, January is taking like forever. And, uh, and I kind of felt that as well. It's sort of the, the gloom of the weather and, and um, there's not much to look forward to at the end of January. And, uh, but suddenly, February and March disappeared and here we are in April. And, and, uh, but we say it every time. that And as time goes by, there, there comes within you this, this desperation to make the most of time and to experience every day that you've got and live it to the full. And, and you know, many people in society, um, you'll often see it in the media, that the strange hypocrisy uh, of today's world, that they, they criticize um, commercialism and, and the, the fact that people are out there sort of trying to buy many things and have lots of objects and the media will often criticize it meanwhile they're doing it while they're criticizing it and uh, because that's humanity and wh- why is people going out buying things looking for nice things and why well because they just want to live a bit more of life and nice things help you experience a bit more of life or as a feeling of that it might. <laughs> doesn't always. I remember many of you would know I had a Chrysler 300C. How many of you remember my Chrysler? For those of you who don't know Chrysler 300C, it was a car designed for gangsters. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, the, it's pretty much the biggest car on the road. Uh, and um, it's, got a bo- it's got a boot big enough for at least three bodies. And, uh, uh, and uh, I've tried it out. And uh, it's, it's a great car. And I, I dreamed of owning one of these cars for about four years. And, uh, and when I finally got my car, it was everything that I dreamed it would be. But there was, um, there was also the additional problem of owning such a beautiful car, um, the responsibility of looking after it. And uh, the fact that it was black and that you drove along and mud would spray up and then I've got to drive back and clean it. And uh, then you drive out again or in fact you drive to the car wash, you get it cleaned, you come home, by the time at home it's dirty again. (laughs) And so you're there with a cloth and you're wiping it down, you're standing back and then you can see those little black cars particularly, you can see those spider lines of sort of rub marks, scratches and And you try, and then you've got the bug marks that won't come. Those vile bugs. Why do they have to stick to the car? And you, you can't get them off. And, and, and you've got this beautiful car. And the reason why I had it was because I just wanted to experience something more of the life of driving to its full capacity. And it was a lovely car, but it was also a pain in the neck. And I had it for two years. And for 18 months of those two years, it was busted with something. And uh, I could still drive it, but it was constantly broken. Never buy a Chrysler. <laughs> and, uh, but it was still a beautiful car. Even when it was broken, it was beautiful. 
And, but, you know, it's amazing how we constantly push looking for life, looking to experience the fullness of life. And this is the reality. Even those people who are depressed and people who are considering taking their own life do so because they wanted life. And it's the reason to give up on life is because the life they're looking at isn't the life they felt they should have had. And so somehow, because of their love for life, they want to give up on the life they have because it's not the life that they felt they should be living. So the reality is, even within people who want to escape from life, everyone is designed to desire a greater life. And everyone in the world is looking for this greater life. It's a life that we, we want to, to live. It's a life we want to have. It's more than just breathing. It's living. It's laughing. It's, it's having fun. It's, it's doing things. It's, it's experiencing the, the, the freshness of the, the air and the beautiful sunshine. I was out with my typical morning walk with uh, my, the dog and praying and I'm walking down the hill and the sunshine is, is so clear and the, the pale blue um, spring sky with the moon still quite clear in the, in the, in the, um, in the sort of the south uh, westerly um, sky and uh, just this, this incredible experience. You can hear the skylarks and you can hear, um, you can hear blackbirds and, and uh, this incredible um, symphony of birdsong and just the atmosphere and you feel like you're living but even then you know there's still more life you know there's more life and, and you know you need to do more to experience that life and this morning I want to speak about a relentless life a life that comes from Jesus Christ because the Bible says it says of David it says that David, after he'd served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers and saw corruption. In other words, David, who is probably the greatest hero in the Bible, apart from Jesus. Possibly. I mean, it's arguable, isn't it? It's like, who's the greatest football player? You know, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if he were here today... <laughs> He'd be playing for Liverpool. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, you see, I've lost it now. I go, I've, I've gone on to Liverpool again. I, I've got to remove in Jesus' name. <laughs> And you know, the, the, the fact is that David was a hero who carried the heart of God. And within the Bible, there are few people who have such a, a grand introduction and, and such a, a, an amazing story of a, a shepherd boy to a king who, who establishes a throne upon which Jesus Christ and through whom the line of his parenthood, Jesus Christ, is attributed and through whom his family is born. And so Jesus comes through the line uh, of David, David's throne, David's kingdom. And Jesus, as he sets up his, um, as he comes and he lives his life, 
he brings to us a kingdom like that which David ruled when David was a king. See, David was an incredible life. He lived a life that most of us would, would dream of living. Right, unless you don't want to kill people, of course. You wouldn't want to live that life. But he lived an incredible life. It was full of adventure and full of excitement. A life that overcame in the darkest situations. He came through such challenging times and he, he pursued and he won. He was the hero and he saw it all, but he still died. And he still saw corruption. And yet we see within us, there is, there's got to be more to life than the the natural life that we live because within our hearts we're desiring to live more than life can give us to live. See, that's the reality of mankind. That's the reality of our heart. That's the internal frustration that goes on on the inside of us that we want to live more than, than everything that is around us can give to us. And so we see that David lived his life to the full but he still died and saw corruption. Then it says in verse 37, it says, but, everyone say but. But. I have a but. (laughs) You know, there is a but in this verse, and a but is is a conjunction. And a conjunction is a word that takes two opposing thoughts and joins together. But. David saw corruption, but God raised him up who saw no corruption. But we lived our life in sin and selfishness, but Jesus Christ paid the price for your sin and selfishness. In other words, in all of our life, in all of our living, there is a but. And it is a conjunction that joins that which cannot be redeemed and joins it to the Redeemer who redeems our whole life and gives you more than the air that you're breathing. That is the incredible miracle that is in Jesus Christ. It's called a conjunction. It is a word called but. It's not just a but, it's a but. There is a but in your world that's bigger than the but that you have. Does my butt look big in this? This is a huge butt. You see, when Jesus came, He came as a full stop to that which had gone before, but He had the ability to take a new life and join it that which was old and joined it in that which is new. The Bible says that we have been um, grafted in to Him. We've been grafted in. My brother used to do grafting. He worked on a nursery. He used to gra- uh, graft um, apple trees. And he would constantly, he had this very sharp knife, and he would just work all day grafting trees, grafting trees, grafting to, to thousands of trees. And incredible that see, God had, His blood was spilt that we might be grafted into a life that enables us to take that which is old and that which is dead and that which is broken. You see, we, we, we want to live the fullness of life. And, and for, for most people, life is about family, work, 
home, car, holidays, pensions, experiences, and, and all of the cacophony of that mixed up together, isn't it? That's life. And, and, and people want to make the best of it. And, and life in the natural world is, is three steps forward and sometimes it's four steps back. And people are constantly, there. they're trying to move forward in life because they want to get the most of it. And sometimes they feel like life is taking them backward. And see, that's, that's the life. Why? Because this life sees corruption. We are all perishable. And we live a perishable life. We haven't, you buy food, you take it from the, you buy all your food from the supermarket. You don't ever buy food in the supermarket, look at it, think that, that and that. I'm buying it because I'm going to put you in the bin. But you do. At some point, you go, to the, you go to the fridge and you go, it's off. It's run out of it. I didn't eat it in time. I don't like it. <laughs> you gather together what you didn't eat and you stick it in the bin. And see, that's because our life is perishable. But the Bible says, but God raised him up who saw no corruption. In other words, that which is perishable has been redeemed by that which is imperishable. That which was broken has been redeemed by that which is never broken. That which is full of sorrow has been redeemed by that which is full of joy. And so we have a redeemed life. That which was corruptible has been redeemed by the but, but... We have been joined with that but that says God raised him up. And the Bible says that we are being changed from glory to glory. Now, in 1 Corinthians 15, 15, 45, and it says, So it was written, The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. See, Adam was a living being. Adam was living, but... Jesus Christ, the last Adam, is a life-giving spirit. Adam, we represent Adam. We are life. We are mankind. We are living. But Jesus Christ, he is the life-giving spirit. Adam lived, but he is a life-giving spirit. You are alive, but he is your life-giving spirit that's giving you life. When he rose from the dead. He came and he said, I've redeemed everything that was corruptible. I've redeemed everything which is broken. I have redeemed everything that is affected by sickness and brokenness and poverty and sorrow and the destruction of sin that has affected the world. And we believe in Jesus Christ and we are raised with him in an incorruptible world. And that is the amazing thing, which I know that in faith in Jesus Christ, He brings redemption even when there's sorrow. He brings hope even when there's hopelessness. He brings such a purpose to your life because He brings a conjunction to that which has gone before. And some of you are probably living in difficult situations. And I want to tell you, there is a conjunction for your life. Through it, you're going through something now, but there is a conjunction, but. And you've got to stop in the hard times and say, but. My Jesus Christ, he conquered this. I'm going through this sickness, but. 
I'm going through this heartache, but I'm going through this rejection and this agony, but why but? But Jesus Christ rose up that we might live a life that's beyond the life that we live and breathe. It says in verse, let me, in, um, let me finish with this. In 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 40, it says, There are celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There's one glory for the sun, another glory for the moon, another glory of the stars, one, uh, one star difference from another star in glory. So also in the resurrection of the dead, the body is sown in corruption, it's raised in incorruption, it's sown in dishonor, it's raised in glory, it's sown in weakness, it's raised in power, it's sown a natural body, it's raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body And there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first Adam became a living being and the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. You see, the Bible says we are being changed from glory to glory. What does that mean? The glory of a natural man. A natural man, he has glory. The glory of his life. Who he is. He, He shines with glory. But there is a natural man, an extraordinary man. I like listening to Radio 4. I've told you many times. One of the things I like listening to is Desert Island Discs. They have some incredible people who've lived remarkable lives, who've done extraordinary... Sometimes I'm listening, tears are rolling down, listening to the extraordinary lives, the the heroic lives of these people that have lived lives. And and I'm thinking, man can be so incredible. That's the glory of man. But we have a glory in Christ. We have a hope in Him. We were sown a natural body, but we've been raised a spiritual body. See, when you believe in Jesus Christ, when you give your heart to Him, when you confess Him as your Lord and Savior, your natural man is sown and your spiritual man is raised. And you now begin to live a spiritual life. Your spiritual life is the hope you have in Christ. And that transcends everything which is natural. We are being being changed from glory to glory. Amen.